Fantastic. How are we all doing? We all good? Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, today I have the privilege to bring the word um, of the Lord to you, and the title of the message today is Victory. Victory. And it's a great day to talk about victory as we remember the, um, the sacrifice that brought us victory. You know, Pastor Apostle Ian um, preached a message on the significance of sacrifice. And that is a, a fantastic sermon. I want to encourage you to um, go back and watch that again. It was in September. And, you know, there is no victory without sacrifice. And today I want to uh, talk to us about the victory that we can all have because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. I don't know what your relationship is today with the word victory because it's quite a divisive term. Because for every victory, there's a defeat. For every winners, there are losers. And for every success, there are failures. And I don't know what side of the fence you feel like you fall more often than not. But today, there is good news. There is good news for you who are watching us online. There's good news for us here. And there's actually good news for everybody in the world that we can all live in victory. Because we all want to be winners, don't we? We all want to be winners, want to be winners in our, in our business, in our relationships, in our friendships, in our marriages, with our finances, and in our private lives as well. Winning looks different depending on who you are. Because for some, winning is about um, something big, a big achievement, maybe a trophy at the end, maybe a big moment of celebration. For others, winning is just about getting up each day and keeping going. And the two are equally as valuable and equally important and equally unnecessary on the journey. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said these words in John 19, verse 30. It says, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The term there, it is finished, while translated in our Bibles in three words, was one word that Jesus said, and it was tetelestai in the Greek. And it was a common enough word. It is accurately translated to say it is finished, but it was used in a variety of of different ways. And in every single way that it was used in, Greek, um, um, in Jewish society, in the Greek that it was spoken, um, it is 
relevant to us today. So the first way that someone would say, Tetelestai, or it is finished, was with a servant telling his boss that his tasks were complete. In the same way, Jesus wasn't doing his will. He was doing his father's will on the cross, making a way for us all. It was also used by a judge when he used to give a verdict. And he would say, it is done. Justice is served. You know, justice was served on the cross. It doesn't matter who you are today, we all have something in common. And that is we all make mistakes. We all struggle at times in our lives. And as much as we want to live up to the standard, we know that if the things that we fought, the things that we said, the things that we've done in our entire life was played out on these screens, people's attitudes about us would change. How quickly would um, cancel culture try to shut us down? Or um, how quickly would our friends and our family maybe change their opinion about us? But you know, God knows it all. God knows it all. He knows every single thing about you. He knows everything about you. He knows the bad, but he also knows the good as well. And he knows how great you can be. And when he said to Telestai, it is finished, justice is served, he was making it possible for us to know that our mistakes, our past, don't need to hold us back. Have you ever said the expression, uh, someone up there doesn't like me? Or, um, oh, you know, well, I probably deserve that. Well, you might think that that's true today, but I want to tell you that God up there is not mad at you. God loves you. God cares about you. God is madly in love with you. And he sent his son to make a way for you today to know him. And that justice was served on the cross for everything that we thought and we've said we've done. All of our shame and guilt don't need to hold us back anymore, but we can live in freedom because of the victory that Jesus won on the cross. In the same way that we remember today, the victory that we get to live in now because of the price that other people have paid. We get to live in the victory now because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross. Justice is served. You are not held back. It was used by an accountant to Telestai to say that a debt had been paid in full. When the debt had been paid in full, he would stamp to Telestai on the ledger and it would mean that it was paid in full. You owe nothing more. It was used by an artist when he finished a painting. He would put the last brushstroke on and say that every detail is there. Everything is there that needs to be there to tell us die. It is finished. And it was made by a priest when he would make a sacrifice. He would make the sacrifice and he would say, it is finished to tell us die. You know, for you today, you need to have a to tell us die moment in your life. Know that your past doesn't hold you back.
But instead, you can have a hope and a future because of what Jesus won on the cross. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that get you excited? It means that we have access to heaven. It means that there is no barrier between us and God. It means that our sins have been forgiven and that all of the promises in the Bible are open to us now. Isn't that incredible? 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And through him the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. You know, when my kids come to me and they ask me for something, and I said yes, it means that they can have it. In the same way, every promise that God has made is now yes in your life. How incredible is that? Take a minute to think about that. Every promise that is in the Bible, every promise that is in the Bible is yes for you. You qualify for it. You are able to access it because of Jesus' victory on the cross. Death is defeated. Colossians 2 verses 13 to 15 says, God made you alive with Christ. He has forgiven us our sins, having cancelled the charge of legal indebtedness which stood against us. That's that paid in full moment. And it would have condemned us, but he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, by the cross. To Telestai, it is finished. Grace and mercy are, are, are ours today. It is a period changing word. There was a time before, and there's a time now that we get to live in. So, how are you living this victorious life? What are you doing with this gift that God has given you? How are you living a victory life in your life? Well, to start off with, we have to remember that we only get this gift when we accept it. You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. You have to acknowledge the fact that you can't do this by yourself. I've already said that everything that we think, say, and do has an eternal consequence. And while Jesus' death on the cross means that that is not held against us, we still need to come to Jesus and take that gift of forgiveness and say to God, I'm sorry. But we also need to make him the Lord of our lives because the victorious life is a surrendered life. You know, we get into trouble because, well, maybe three reasons. Our own mistakes can get us into trouble. Other people's mistakes have consequences for us. And sometimes there are just some things that happen in life. But the remedy is the same. It is trusting in the Lord. It is laying down our lives. In the same way that we today couldn't, we can't do anything ourselves 
to gain that victory. That victory was won for us. We cannot um, do anything to gain righteousness by ourselves. No matter how much we try, we always will fall short. But when we surrender our lives to him, when we walk in the way that God has for us, we can walk in the victory life. So if we weren't good enough to get to heaven and we have to take the victory of Jesus, in the same way, we need to take that same attitude into every moment of our lives and to lay our lives down and to take up the life that God has for us. And when we do that, the battle belongs to the Lord. Whatever struggle you're going through right now, when you accept Jesus, when you follow him and become a Christian, a Christian, then you know you're not doing it alone. You know your struggles are not just your struggles, but God is fighting for you. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Pastor Wesley preached a message on that last week, and I want to encourage you to go back and watch that. And the context of that verse, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Is that the Israelites found themselves in a situation where they had the Red Sea in front of them that they couldn't cross. And they had the Egyptians chasing them and they were stuck. And the Lord says, I will fight for you. You just need to be still. Maybe today you feel like you are being chased. Maybe today you feel like you're facing an impossible situation. I want to encourage you to just be still and know that the Lord is fighting for you. In 2 Chronicles 20, we read that Jehoshaphat was facing the Moabites, the Amorites, and the Murites. Apologies if I got that wrong, any scholars out there. Um, but I think that's how you pronounce them. Um, and he was facing this vast army that was coming against them. You know, it always seems like in life we have an ite coming against us. You know, whether it's financeite or the bossite or peopleite or familyite or pressureite or whatever it is, there's always a battle. And that's the way life is. But God knows that. And he says you don't have to fight it alone. In uh, 2 Chronicles 20 verse 15, this is what the Lord said to Jehoshaphat. And we've already read that all the promises of God are yes or amen. So that means that they apply to us as well. The Lord says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. And he goes on to say that tomorrow march down to them and they will be climbing up the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge on the desert of Jeruel. There are people out there who can pronounce these much better than me, but you know, I'm giving it my best. You will, know, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. That is a word for you today. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. 
Just trust in the Lord. Sometimes the Lord asks you to do a crazy thing. No matter how crazy it is, just trust in the Lord. In Judges 7, Gideon was facing a massive army. Um, Massive army. Hundreds of thousands of people. And he had 30,000 men. He already knew he was outnumbered. And the Lord asked him to reduce that down to just 300. And then instead of giving them weapons, he gave them a trumpet and a clay pot. Naturally, you would go, this is crazy. Maybe you're doing something right now and you know God is asking you to do it and it feels a little bit crazy. I want to encourage you. The Lord delights in crazy. He does, his ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And we have to understand that we just need to do what God is asking us to do. We just need to trust in him. And in that situation, the 300 men, they blew their trumpets, they broke their clay pots, and it caused a um, turmoil in the enemy camp, and they turned on each other. You know, it's amazing when you just trust in the Lord, and you just be still, and you trust that God is fighting for you. It's amazing the things that happen. It's amazing the crazy things that can happen around you. And those people who are fighting against you suddenly find themselves in a bit more trouble. And I want to encourage you today, just trust in God, whatever the Lord is asking you to do. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Famous verse, but the context is, whatever situation you find yourself in, know that God will give you the strength to do it. The context of the verse is it's not about you, it's about God's strength that will get you through. My next point is that the victorious life is a focused life. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Today, We are the equivalent of playing a football match and being 7-0 up. But the time is still going down. The clock is still running and the match still needs to be played. In fact, England found themselves in that situation on Friday. I think they were 5-0 up by half time. You know, the result is guaranteed. But there is still a battle to be won. But the I've played in football matches like that. Often I was on the other end. But it completely changes your mindset when you know the result is guaranteed. When you know that you cannot lose, you just need to do the things that God is asking you to do. Just stick to the plan. It changes the entire way that you see the fight, you speak, and you act. 2 Timothy 2, 4-5 says, it, it says no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. People of this world want to argue and fight over every syllable ever uttered. But the citizens of heaven only need to concern themselves with what God says, 
what God's will is and mirroring, mirroring his heart. Don't get bogged down in this stuff that just doesn't matter. You know, when the victory is assured and you can see the goal, it helps you to endure whatever it is that you need to do. Whatever sacrifice, whatever pain, Jesus' victory came with great pain. But when you see the victory, you know the pain. The Bible tells us that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But I like to throw that around and reverse it and say that where there is vision, people will thrive. When you see the end goal, when you know that the victory is assured, you can keep going because God has got a prosperous future and abundant life, blessings that are pressed down and flowing over. Maybe not in the way that we see it today, but God's vision for your life is greater. God's vision for your life is bigger and God's vision for your life has more purpose. I've got three really quick points to finish with. The victorious life is a trailblazing life. Today, I could, have, I could pick up lots of things to talk about the victorious life and the things that we can uh, have and the gift that God has given us through the victory on the cross, but I just want to focus on these three. So the victorious life is a trailblazing life. I love the story of David. I love the story of David. And when I started writing this, I thought that maybe David was going to feature uh, more heavily in the sermon. But I just want to point this bit out of his life. Most people, even if they don't come to church often, know the story of David and Goliath. David, little boy, defeats Goliath, the giant. Then in 2 Samuel 21, we record that there was more battles against more giants. Some people think that they were family members of Goliath, but it didn't really matter. These were giants. These were people who couldn't really be beaten normally. They were the champions of the enemy. And it records that David went out to fight these Goliath-type people again. But the Bible says that he became exhausted and that he couldn't keep going but that his family fought the giants and that his people won. And it wasn't one, but it was five others. Five giants defeated. And I read that and I look at that and I ask the question, could those giants have been defeated if David hadn't defeated the giant first? You know, when you live a victorious life, when you live in the victory that Christ has won for us, we not only walk in the freedom for ourselves, but we break new ground for others. We can break generational curses. We can create a better future for our children and our grandchildren, and we can show them what is possible for those who live a victorious life in Christ. The victorious life is also a generous life. You know, it can be tempting to say, I'll, I'll wait until I, I feel more victorious to um, act in a victorious way. But you know, we are encouraged to walk in victory in the battle. It's in the battle that we are supposed to trust God. It's in the battle that we are supposed to praise his name. It is in the battle that he is our refuge. Nahum 1 verse 7 says, The Lord is a good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust him. God is our refuge in trouble. He's not our refuge 
from trouble. And I want to encourage you today that maybe you're facing something that feels like trouble, but maybe it's actually training. Don't wait for victory to give God the glory. Declare the victory before the battle. You know, David defeated Goliath, and the Bible records that his reward for defeating Goliath was to go and face more battles. Proverbs 22 verse 9 says, The generous themselves will be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. Some of the best spiritual warfare, when you need an answer, is to give yourself. Give your time, give your money, give your resources. Be generous. Luke 21, 1-4 says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow putting two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. I think there's a spiritual principle there that we can all learn that God looks at what we have left when we give rather than how much we give. Because if we only give out of the excess that we have, are we really trusting in him? Are we really seeking him for the victory? Are we really allowing him to win the battle? And today, my last point, is that the victory life is a worshipping life. In Acts 16, we read that Paul and Silas were in jail and that they started worshipping God and that the prison doors flew open. You know, there's great power in worship. There is great power in confessing with our mouths how amazing God is. Zechariah 3 verse 17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight with you with gladness. With his love, he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. Isn't it amazing to know that God sings over us? God sings over you. How much more should you sing over God? Pastors Daniel and Lucy are going to lead us in a song um, in a minute. But I just want to read this verse to you. And after I've read the song, they're going to sing. And you can take a moment and you can talk to God while they're singing. Allow the song to minister to you. You can sing it as well if you know it. You can take a moment to ask God which one of these areas perhaps you can be living more victorious in. You know, this is a challenging message. It's challenging for every single one of us. But know that there is victory in Christ and that the battle belongs to the Lord. Isaiah 42, 11 to 13 says this. Let the wilderness and its towns raise their voice. Let the settlement where Kedar lives rejoice. Let the people of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and proclaim his praise in the islands. You know, if you do nothing else this week, these next verses, read them every single day. Declare them out loud. The Lord will march out like a champion. Like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and he will triumph over 
his enemies. Amen. Pass you over to pastors Daniel and Lucy.